I'm not used to uh, getting up while it's so silent. Usually we're causing a bit of a ruckus and I have to get everyone to settle down, so it's a little daunting. Um, well, here we are, Christmas Eve, the, uh, the night before Christmas. I'm sure many of us are anxiously waiting for tomorrow. I'm sure some of us are waiting for the gifts, uh, the turkey, mashed potatoes. Uh, if you're Dutch like my wife, you might put applesauce on your mashed potatoes, which is weird to me, but I'm sure some of us are waiting for that. Uh, if you're like me, you might be waiting anxiously for the pumpkin pie. I'm a big pumpkin pie fan. And I'm sure we're waiting for laughter and joy and Santa. I'm sure we're looking forward to waking up extremely early, especially if you have little children. I bet you can't wait to get up extremely early. And I bet you're excited to go home tonight and perhaps drink some hot cocoa or hot chocolate. Let me fix that there. It's a wonderful day and it's a wonderful time of the year. Later on, uh, after we are uh, finished here, we will hold the candles, we'll light the candles, we will sing Silent Night uh, under the candlelight, and it'll be a beautiful expression and a beautiful song. And then when we get home tonight, perhaps we will flick on uh, the only Netflix movie uh, we haven't watched yet, and uh, we might have some hot chocolate before going to sleep. And, uh, but before we get to any of that, you have to listen to me one more time. You have to listen to some guy ramble on, perhaps, for a little bit. Perhaps this is the part some of you look forward to most. Perhaps some of you look forward most to the sermon portion. Perhaps some of you dread this part the most, and you're just waiting for me to be finished speaking. Christmas Eve is kind of a weird time for pastors. It's a little bit weird. Uh, and if I'm honest, this week was one of the hardest sermons I've ever had to write. For the past month or so, we've been building up to this. We've been building up to this amazing night. It's, it's like the big game. All the rest you've been preparing for this, and this is the main event. See, churches are more full tonight than they will be for the rest of the year, or next year, because there's only one more Sunday in 2019. Churches are full of people that perhaps we haven't seen in many months. Perhaps we haven't seen some families ever. They're new people, visitors. Families come. It's a big day in the church life. The service gets lots of special things, like beautiful bells. This is my favorite part every year. I watch, and I just could not keep my hands on what time I was supposed to hit one bell. It's amazing. And it's a wonderful, beautiful service. But for a preacher or for a pastor, it can be a bit overwhelming. It's like Christmas Eve is almost like the Super Bowl, in a way. It's the big game, so don't blow it, Luke. Some of you have been fans all season, have been watching me all season, and you're excited to see this big game play out, and some of you are perhaps just here for the commercials, and that's okay too. <laughs> if I'm honest, that's the only thing I watch the Super Bowl for. But there's a huge temptation for pastors to look at this sermon and think, this is the one. This sermon is the one everyone's been waiting for. This is the game changer. This sermon will be the one that changes everyone's lives. This sermon will be the one that everyone looks back and remembers for years and years to come. And perhaps that, that's true. Perhaps they may happen. But the temptation is for pastors to preach tonight like it's their big chance. This is their one shot. You've probably heard many different types of sermons on Christmas Eve. You've probably heard things like the, uh, the come to church sermon. This is the sermon where the pastor tries to tell you that because Jesus was born in a manger many years ago, you should come to church on other days of the year. And that 
you should come more often because of this. In this kind of sermon, this is usually geared towards a visitor, and the pastor is usually trying to convince you that the church is, is cool, it's maybe hip, it's got some loving people and some great things. The pastor may mention some of the great programs you could get connected to all year. The idea is to connect visitors with people or with places or things here that they may never have had connections to before. That's the come to church sermon on Christmas Eve. There's another similar one. It's the, uh, the come back to church sermon on Christmas Eve. This one's related to the come to church sermon, but it's geared towards the kids, uh, the grandkids, the perhaps husbands or wives, the brothers, the sisters, the family that comes with you on Christmas Eve. The people that are connected to people that already go here. Usually the pastor in a sermon like this will stress the importance of commitment and the importance of commitment to Jesus, and therefore you should commit to Avenue Road all year long. There's also, also the uh, why are you here sermon. I, this sermon I've heard a few times before, and this one to me is almost like a passive-aggressive lecture aimed at people who only come to church a few times a year. It's aimed at people who might come on Christmas and Easter and that's it. It's like this reminder that you should feel bad on Sundays if you don't come every Sunday. What about the Jesus is the reason for the season sermon? That one's fairly popular. The, uh, the Jesus is the reason for the season, not Santa. This one is really popular with the war on Christmas crowd. It's explaining, this whole sermon is explaining the real story behind Christmas and belittling the rest of what happens during the Christmas season. When we hear a sermon like this, we oftentimes feel bad for having a Christmas tree or feel bad for having lights and decorating and getting excited about the rest of Christmas season. There are lots of other types of Christmas Eve sermons out there too. There's the theology lecture sermon where the pastor usually stands up for an incredibly long, long, long time and rambles on using as many big words that end in ology as they know and mentioning as much Greek as possible. There's the go to the soup kitchen when we're all done here sermon, which makes you feel like, shoot, I really didn't volunteer at all in 2019. So tonight, before we go home, we're all going to go to the soup kitchen and volunteer for an hour. There's also the please believe in Jesus because my job depends on it sermon. See, every year preachers scramble to try to write an amazing sermon filled with joy and creativity, something new that will inspire awe and wonder, something that will make everyone show up immediately next Sunday and automatically request offering envelopes and memberships. But that's not what tonight is about. That's not what this is about. I'm not here to convince you to believe in Jesus. I'm not here to try to convince visitors to try to come back or newcomers to come back and make this their place. Tonight is about something so much simpler. I'm just a simple storyteller here to tell a simple story. I'm here to tell you about God coming into the world. Tonight is about 2,000 years ago when one night a little boy came into the world. A little boy who grew up into a man that would change the world forever. Really, the angels preached the best sermon possible already 2,000 years ago, and I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave it with them to tell it best, and I'm going to let their words tell the story in the best possible way. To Mary, the angel said, Mary, do not be afraid. You have found favor with God. 
You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and ever, and his kingdom will never end. To Joseph, the angel said, Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is from the Spirit. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth, and when she does, Joseph, you are to name him Jesus. God saves, because this man will save his people from all of their sins. And to the shepherds, the angel says, Do not be afraid. Look, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Because to you, born this day in the city of David, is a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and laying in a manger. And to you, Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So abide in my love. Tonight, the message is very simple. God came into this world by way of a little baby named Jesus. That Jesus grew up and he lived a perfect, sinless life. And because of the massive amount of love that he had for you and for me, he sacrificed that perfect life on the cross so that you and I could both enjoy an eternity of love with God forever. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. That's it. That's what makes Christmas Eve so special. That's what the angel said 2,000 years ago and that's still the same message we say today. Let's pray and then after we'll sing Silent Night. Lord, thank you. Thank you that you came 2,000 years ago. Thank you that you came by way of a little baby and you lived a life of perfection. Lord, and you gave it all up. You offered it all up as a sacrifice for me, for everyone here today. Lord, for the whole world. Lord, forgive us for when we make Christmas too complicated, too busy, too much more than that. But Lord, tonight, help us to remember how simple it really is. Lord, that Christmas is about you entering the world and changing it forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen.